you've got oh <laughs> the, the notification just popped up <laughs> uh, let's just believe it this is the beginning yeah. of our podcast today welcome to that shit <laughs> um, okay hello hello listeners welcome back to shed that shit podcast with alex Coble frakes the founder and ceo of the agenda period app and me co-host algelin sperber co-founder of ladybox soon to be called my comma boom, boom, boom. um so alex and i are it's just us today and we're going to talk about our looks and what we do to feel good in our skin. And um, this, you know, this conversation has been prompted by my lovely partner, who I do love, and we will spend the rest of our lives together. Um, But we are also learning how to learn from each other and communicate with each other. And um, I'm saying that because the other day we were having a conversation about um, women, their looks, and and why we put on makeup. But before we get into that, let's do our cycle check-in. Alex, where are you checking in at? I am checking in in the luteal phase. I'm in the beginning of the luteal phase, so I'm not... I'm still feeling pretty energized right now, which is good. I've got a lot of shit to do after the podcast. (laughs) <laughs> um, so that'll be fun. And I have got like a lot of loose ends to tie up. So that is perfect. Energetically. I feel very well prepped and prepared for that. Um, but yeah, I'm just in a journey right now trying to figure out, we haven't talked about this on the podcast yet. I'm trying to figure out if I have endometriosis and I actually really need to go get oh, tested or, and they don't have a great test right now. Yeah. That was like, I was actually dreaming about that. I was dreaming about a saliva at-home kit that would tell you if you had endometriosis. So maybe someone's working on that. Maybe I picked it up on the interwebs um, because right now they say like the only official test is like surgery and that's kind of insane. Um, But I've been having really, really painful ovulation. So like the last ovulation event that I experienced, like I was on the ground in tears. Like it was horrific. It was worse than any period cramps I've ever had. And it just feels like like from the top of my uterus through, this is a great visual for you. Like there's like a cup from there, like through my butthole. It's just like that whole area oh. just feels like it is like getting, trying to get ripped out of my body at the yeah. same time. Um, and I've been reading more about endo and I did take um, the Semaine health product when I was like mm-hmm. in the middle of all that. I remember just like go grab it from my cabinet. Thank God. And it <laughs> seemed to help. Um, but it's just like really, really painful. And then still some pain around my period. And then sometimes having painful sex and that can all mm. be kind of contributed to like inflammation, scar tissue or something in that area of the body. So I'm kind of worried it may be endo or a fibroid or something, some kind of cyst, yeah. something that's particularly painful around ovulation. So I'm just kind of working through that. I'll keep you all updated, um, but not having any of that pain now, but it's just really gotten me thinking about that and trying to find some additional medical support for that soon. So that's kind of what's, that's kind of what's up for me and my cycle. What about you, Algelin? 
I'm sorry to hear that. Um, that really sucks. I'm holding space for you there, lady. Um, that's not yeah, it's fun. pretty not great. So yeah. I hope we figure out what's going on. Yeah, well, I hope you get answers soon and that you don't have to get cut open to figure it out, you know. Yeah, I think I'll like not do that option. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Please no pause. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm uh, checking in at. I will say that I have a good amount of energy this week, which compared to the last couple of weeks, I did not have a good amount of energy. And I thought it was because of allergies, but allergies are still kicking my butt, but I still have good mental focus energy. So um I'm, I'm guessing, you know, the fatigue was due to stress and uh, wherever I was at in my cycle last week, P potentially I could have been like in my menstrual cycle, um, but didn't have withdrawal. I don't know. Again, I have the IUD. It'll get taken out in the next couple of months. I need to make an appointment too. And I will no longer be using any birth control after that so that I can have a better sense of what is going on with my body, having stronger body literacy. Um, also I'm almost 40. So if I'm going to go through perimenopause, I just want to feel it <laughs> and not like be curious, like if it's my IUD or if it's perimenopause. So that's where I'm at. I don't know. I, but again, I have good mental clarity and focus this week. That's exciting. You'll have to keep us updated on the podcast too, how that experience is for you to come off of the IUD um, I had one removed and I was very relieved when it was not as painful as the insertion process. So hopefully that goes Ooh. like, yeah, they, they like, <clears throat> this is a, this is an episode for another topic, but why do doctors try to like lie to you by saying it's not going to be that bad? It was fucking horrendous. When I got the IUD put in, I yeah. was like, why would you tell me it's not that bad? This is that bad. This is like, mm -hmm. before, I was like 19. That was before I had kids. I was just like, this feels like you're trying to explode my cervix. Like what the fuck do you mean? It's not that bad. It was, it was horrendous for me. Aww. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like, they should, well, if they're not prefacing, they should preface. It's different for everybody. Um, and it's usually like, typically there's like moderate, mild to moderate pain. And there have been instances where there has been extreme pain, which I think you're like the second or third person that I've spoken with that has gotten the IUD in and then taken it out. And um, it was just I should show both ways. So yeah. I think it is more of, because in the past, so probably when those studies were done, it was typically not put in unless you had already had children. Like ah. sometimes doctors would not allow it to be put in if you were, had never had kids yet, which is like, fuck you. But um, yeah. that's a whole, again, another episode for a different topic, different topic mm -hmm. for another episode. But I wonder if that study on the pain tolerance was originally based around people would already have children. Your cervix changes mm -hmm. a lot after you have kids. And so I don't know if I'd have the same experience now, but we have to also stop doing that. Like we need to have better data and more disaggregated data, which more accurately represents those experiences rather than saying like this group of people that you have nothing in common with, except for that you both have uteruses did not have any pain. So you should be good to go. <laughs> Just like, yep, what? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So let's talk about makeup. Let's talk about makeup yeah. today. Um, this is such an interesting topic. Also one that's hard, I think, to separate ourselves from because we just grew up in the patriarchy, in capitalism with Eurocentric mm -hmm. ideals of beauty. So it's hard to completely separate ourselves from mm -hmm. the water that we swim in. But I'm curious um, if you remember, when is the first time you played around or used makeup? 
like the very first time? So the very first time I did it for myself and was actually practicing was probably when I was 11 or 12. I tried to sneak putting on my mom's blue mascara thinking like she wouldn't notice. Um, <laughs> and she totally noticed. She's like, oh, I see that you put on the blue mascara. I'm like, Damn it. <laughs> you noticed. Um, and I, and I knew I wanted to try it cause I, I, okay. So I grew up in a town where it's mostly white people. It's the town's nickname is called little Norway. So yeah, being a, a big boned, uh, brown Hawaiian girl was a little bit different. Granted, yes, there are a lot of native people or you know indigenous people that do live around here um but because I played soccer and a lot of you know white girls played soccer a lot of my friends were white or lighter skinned so I grew up thinking like oh I want to be you know pretty like them and wear like same colors of makeup but whenever I p- try to put like their makeup on my skin, I looked so washed out because again, you know, coloring matters when it comes to makeup and like how you want to look. So um, there was like a lot of exploration in junior high. My friend Molly uh, during like one of our periods, I think it was like home ec or whatever. It was like one of those chill periods where you get done really early and you can just kind of goof off. She would um, sometimes play around putting makeup on me. And I just loved the like, um, this is how, you know, like my, one of my love languages is touch. Like it was just like so comforting to have her put makeup on and to just like be caressed. So um, that's like when I first started was yeah, 11, seventh grade. And my friend Molly putting makeup on my face. And I just am like, like a spa day even though I didn't know what a spa day was back then (laughs) how about you um so I was my mom was in a theater director so like we were like I was I had been in stage makeup probably really early on but my mom personally never wore makeup like maybe she would wear some mascara my mom is not a makeup person she'd wear it in like productions but not ever just like going out in her everyday life um but I had an aunt Carrie who worked at the time I think she worked at she either worked at Clinique or just for some reason had like all these samples so like when I would go to her house she would like let me pick out samples and my mom would let me play around with it and use it and that was probably when I was five or six just Mm. I thought she was really cool she was like an aunt you know but she was still young and hip um so she let me play with Clinique, which now no, I'm like, damn, those are like expensive ass makeup samples for a child to use. But it was like, you know, like little, little tiny blushes or little tiny lipsticks, stuff like that. Um, and then I kept wearing it in shows and in productions, but I, I thought it was really cool. And it was just so different because my mom, again, she never wore makeup. So she wasn't like, it wasn't taboo in our house. She didn't not let me use it, but she definitely did not use it. Um, and I don't know, like, that's just like a really clear, like my mom did not wear lipstick. She did not wear anything. And then my grandma was a school teacher. And so she always wore, um, makeup. And I always remember her wearing bold lipstick. Mm. Um, and my grandma was just like this 
really bold lady. She was four, seven. She was no, not four eleven. She was like this tiny little pint sized lady pain in the ass. She had her PhD in elementary music. So she made people call her Dr. Frakes <laughs> um, because she like wanted to like break some of those stereotypes around the things that we have, you know, it was like very reminiscent of like the Joe, but the Dr. Biden scandal that came out mm. when, you know, Joe Biden was like, call me, I am a doctor. Call me my, t- if you're going to call me anything, use my title. Yeah. Um, you would not blink twice if this was a man. Um, but I always remember her wearing really bold lipstick, which is again, weird. Cause my mom didn't wear lipstick, but I was, I was fascinated it by it from a really young age because I thought it was just fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are some of my early, my early memories with makeup. Yeah. I didn't really get into makeup, like actually wearing it. Cause like when you're playing sports all the time, like I grew up playing, like I did high school soccer, I did travel soccer and then I did Olympic development soccer. So I was like sweating all the time and ain't nobody wanting to wear makeup when they're sweating all the time. So, um, I didn't really start wearing it until college and exploring and, you know, and I found that I really did like bold colors. Like I liked wearing the bold lipstick and, um, and if I weren't wearing lipstick, then I liked having the, um, bold eyeliner, mm-hmm. kind of like a Cleopatra, Cleopatra style, um, or fun yellow. God, I really loved yellow eyeshadow in college. I don't know why. I just thought it made me look brighter and happier. I don't know. Um, but then in my thirties, um, when I, well, my late twenties, when I started working at the marketing agency, then I really started to like hone in on my makeup application and found that just some red lipstick, light eyeliner, mascara, that was all I needed to make me feel good in my skin and confident at work. So that's yeah when I really started to pay attention to how I applied makeup and my use for it yeah so like I could not I could not wear it at school until I was in high school and then my mom stopped caring so for a while I did um that white really thick eyeliner that was like really from like Latina culture and mm-hmm. but like then like I didn't know that at the time, mm-hmm. but it's just like, all it was like popular in like my school. And it was like, that's not a good, that was not a good look for me personally, but like, I definitely used that one for a while. And by that point I was in show choir. So it was like full heavy face of makeup with like exaggerated eyeshadow. So I definitely played around with that for a while. Um, but kind of similarly, I played around with colors a little bit, especially in college attempted some smoky eye, mm-hmm. but I have always gotten a lot of compliments on my eyes. So my, my move was definitely to just like focus on big mascara and then like a bold lip. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of carried on as I've grown up is trying to go more neutral or natural with like an insanely, I I tend to love the red lip too. Yeah. You you can work it too. That red lip. you too. Yeah. I just love it when we both like, unfortunately you're, you showed up today. I did not know. And so I'm not having the, like the big bold lift today, but. Oh, I um, did not really show up. This is like the, the red lipstick goes on so when good. I don't want to put on any, any other makeup. So there's no mascara. My, my eyes are bold. 
right now. They look, they look great. So this is like an interesting point. It's like, we're bringing up a lot of these emotions and how we feel when we're in makeup and our memories of, of wearing makeup. And so kind of tossing it back to that question that you guys were talking about, like, why do you think women wear makeup? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's just like kind of dig in there a little bit. So um, when I think that a lot of women wear makeup for themselves I know I definitely wear more for myself than anybody else and um you know when I was telling my partner this I also shared like we'll also wear it for each other it's not like we're trying to be attractive to each other like we want to turn each other on it's just like we want to celebrate each other like we're pretty good um at like you know lifting each other up and you know cheering each other on and we when we see an outfit, makeup, whatever, when we see a woman that is like working it well, like we're not shy about saying that, like, oh my God, I love those shoes. Oh my God, where'd you get that lipstick? Um, your eyelashes are amazing. Are they like real add-on or is it like your mascara? Like, tell me your secret. Like we just like we want to share. And so those are like the two main reasons I think we were makeup I shared with him that I when I want to feel powerful I will wear red lipstick and then um, dark colored clothing to an important meeting because I want people to pay attention to what I have to say so the focus is on my mouth and nothing else and and so um and then the what was the the other thing I was going to say but yeah like we Oh yeah. We don't generally wear makeup for men, but if we are, we will tell that man that we were looking pretty for that. We're looking good for them. Otherwise, if you see a woman wearing makeup or anybody wearing makeup, it is for ourselves. We're doing it for ourselves and nobody else, maybe other women, because we want to celebrate each other. Yeah. And that's where it gets hard to kind of, for me to like parse out the different pieces of like, what's really true for me versus like, what's the culture? Because I would also agree. It's a confidence booster for me. Like I've got some, a couple of breakouts right now that you can't really see because I've got makeup on. Um, but there's also that expectation for women to have a certain, if they're going to be allowed into spaces to have a certain level of polish right? Even, even if that's like, it's hard, you know, what's mine versus like, so like what I feel comfortable showing up if I didn't put makeup on, I don't know, because it's also kind of wound in together, but I definitely know I do it for myself so that I can most articulately express the things that I want to express in meetings and, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be. So it definitely gets tricky, but it's not for men. It's not for like, let's be really clear. It's not for the male gaze in particular. Yeah. 100%. It's not cuz like I want that dude to check me out or this dude to check me out. It's like for how I feel about myself in mm-hmm. whatever situation. Yep. 100%. Yeah, I'm totally aligned with that. And and that's so interesting because like you know, I said I will go into a meeting, a you know, important meeting wearing red lipstick. Um but because like generally when I put on red lipstick, that's sometimes all I need. 
And so I wouldn't even need to put on any other makeup like uh, mascara or eyeliner. If you can see the YouTube video, I'm sorry. I am like fighting allergies to the yang and really trying not to sneeze on this podcast recording. So <laughs> I look really weird if you're watching the video. If you're watching the vi- video, please comment like that I'm beautiful or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Tell me I'm crazy. Just joking. Um, but yeah. So I'm, let's like take it one layer, layer deeper. Cause you kind of said this offline. I don't know if you necessarily said it yet on the podcast, but it's kind of like, well, this person is, is like X person is really pretty. Like, why do they need to Oh yeah. Yeah. Wear so makeup. My, yeah, my partner. So I was talking about my friend who is a beautiful human inside and out. Yes. Yeah, she has modeled. Um, and she is that, um, she's fit. She has beautiful luscious hair and her face is symmetrical. Um, so, you know, by beauty standards, society standards, she is, uh, the ideal, beautiful woman. Um, so she does not love it when the majority of the focus, when she's dating people is on her own looks. And, you know, one of the people she's been dating in particular has been focused, um, hyper-focused on that. And so she was sharing, you know, that discomfort. And so my partner asked, well, she wears makeup. So like, why does she wear makeup then if she doesn't feel comfortable having that focus on her. And so that's where that whole conversation and, you know, that explanation came in of like why, um, women and and it it was specific to women, not necessarily non-binary folk or like even, um, men who like to wear makeup, it was focused on women and, you know, we are wearing it for ourselves, um, for the most part. And then there was another part of it of, and oh, his other question was like, well, then why do so many men think it's for them? And I said, because y'all are not sharing this information with each other that we're not wearing it for you. And if we are, we will tell you. And so that needs to be shared as well. Like it's such a patriarchal and, and chauvinistic point of view and, and opinion to think that we are wearing makeup for the male gaze. I think that's because men think everything is for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, if we like zoom that lens out, like men just like think, yeah. oh yeah, of course, like that's for me. Like it's all for me. Yeah. The whole the whole damn thing is just like, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I I made a seemingly non-related TikTok about this the other day. You can go find that if you're interested in it. But I think essentially when it comes down to someone's aesthetic choices, when it comes to somebody else's body, when it comes to something about another person, Mm -hmm. if they do not ask you to check up with them about that thing, whether it be the makeup, the size of their body, the clothes they choose to wear, if they don't ask for your support in monitoring that part Mm -hmm. of themselves, Mm -hmm. shut the fuck up. Like, don't ask them questions about it unless they ask you to ask them questions about it because it's just not necessary. And it's really rude. And I don't know why. Well, I think we just feel like we have, we have access to women as is property still in a lot of ways. And like, we can just like call out and talk about and bring their bodies into the center of any conversation. And we just need to collectively move past that. Like if someone is different to say like, oh, that looks great. You look great. You're killing it. You're crushing it. Versus like, yeah. why are you doing this? 
and it's different for you guys. You're in a partnership. You're, you're working on those questions together, but so much of this is like people unpacking something that they don't need to unpack because it does not concern them. Mm -hmm. Um, and unless someone tells you this is for you, or can you check up with me about this? Let it go. And maybe let's focus on, on the larger scale, creating a world where it's all good. If people want to wear makeup, if they don't want to wear makeup, but we have the same level of respect for someone that's not just based on what their face looks like. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's yeah. That's something we can collectively work on together. It would be so nice to be able to express oneself and feel safe about that. And so like what I mean by that is um, if you're a cis woman and you like to put on makeup and you like to put it on for yourself in a way to express yourself, wouldn't it be nice to like step out into the world and feel safe about that? Or if you are a non-binary person and you like to wear makeup and you like to wear dresses, but you are in this body where, um, you know, cis patriarchal men think, oh, you should be wearing pants or whatever. Ugh, it's still like, wouldn't it be nice to walk outside your door and feel safe to express yourself? And if you are a trans person and you want to express yourself, wouldn't it be nice to feel safe and walk out your door? You know, like, it just would feel nice to feel safe to walk out our door and express ourselves and we're not harming other people expressing ourselves the thing about this system and structure is like even cis men are completely boxed in by this really limited view of what it means to be a man and so they're trapped upholding this structure that also does not serve them that leads to high stress related disorders earlier deaths because they can't express their fucking emotions just like (laughs) Y'all, we're, it's time to shed that shit. We are tired mm-hmm. of it. We want to be able to wear makeup when we freaking want to and not mm-hmm. wear makeup when we don't want to. And so, yeah, just, I think that's the invitation from this podcast is you mm-hmm. do you and cheer on the other people and let's start to create those safe spaces for each other. And one day maybe they will connect across the globe and we'll all be safe, but we've got a ways to, to get there folks. Yeah. So, yeah, just, um, hug yourself today if you haven't um and even if it's with words you know please hug yourself today um all right i think that's that's the episode for today folks i hope you enjoyed it i hope you know you even kind of have this kind of conversation at home um with your loved ones people you feel safe with um and so that we can all learn from each other and if you would like to be a guest, please email me, Algelin, um, at Algelin at joinladybox.com and we'll get you set up. We usually record on Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Um, but until then, how do we keep it, Alex? Real and messy, just like periods. Thanks, everybody.